Union back in the win column and also back with some fines. Yeah, we had a bit of a scuffle over the weekend. You're tuned into the Union Soccer Podcast. Go check out the Union Soccer Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That's where you can find us. Just search up Union Soccer Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get them. Also, Union Soccer Blog Substack run by Joe Tanzi, unionsoccerblog.substack.com. And then also follow the Union Soccer Pod at Union Soccer Pod. My name is John Jansen. You can follow me at, at jjansen34, star of the show, though. And also the guy who runs things over the Union Soccer Blog, Joe Tanzi at jtanzi90. Joe, we got a scuffle. We got fines. But also, more important, Joe, a W, three points, and fifth. In the standings. I know that's not something we should be looking at too much yet, but it's just nice to see after all the things that have gone wrong and, you know, all of these other tournaments and uh, all these other things like CONCACAF and Open Cup that still you're in fifth and everything is okay. The best part about this podcast is we do not have a rundown. No. Um, no. John and I, we, we text each other, I guess, once during Union Games and – then what time we're going to record. Yeah, just to really pull the curtain back, are right. we we do our rundown like a minute before the show. And Joe tells me, hey, here's are some of the things that's happening <laughs> and things about the game. We're like, all right, Joe, I'm going to hit record. And you're like, now, cool, here we go. Now, in a in a regular week, you know, sometimes we're scratching for storylines, um, whatever it may be. I mean, this is on a silver platter and we're kind of just going to jump from, from topic to topic because there's a, a lot to kind of just delve through here and the first because it's tuesday at six o'clock and we're an hour after the uh mls disciplinary committee which is um the most honorable and most um let's say most beloved part of major league soccer in the philadelphia area uh dating back to marco fabian's stomp i'm using the air quotes there um against sporting kansas city and Ernst Tanner came out with like a statement and it took a week and a half for that to, um, for that to be f- sorted out because the union had a bye week I believe, after that. Um, so that's where all of this stems from. If you're, if you're new to the union fan base, the disciplinary committee uh, is probably in your top three uh, on the hate list right now, just because <laughs> um, the Red Bulls are, are mad. They just fired their coach. Um, so LAFC and NYCFC are probably up there. LAFC. Uh, and the, Gareth Bale too. That's not. That's not going. Well, well. I, I, he's I, I'm just gonna. He's, I don't care that he's retired. Yeah. I want to ruin associated. his retirement somehow. Um. And so yeah, we're we're about an hour removed from the fines dropping. So let's get right into it. Um, there's a lot that happened here. So if you're if you've lived under a rock since Saturday and haven't seen the video, um, Michael Barrios goes in puts hands on Andre Blake's back, whether you deem it to be light contact, severe contact. Contact that didn't need to be made. Right. At the end of the day, that play doesn't need to happen. And Jim Curtin noted in his post-match press conference that kind of stemmed from uh, a few minutes earlier when they were trying to get the ball back in play and and all that kind of stuff. Um, Barrios was also kind of a, a pot stirrer from the second he was on the field. So, he pushes Blake contact light or not, whatever, you know, it really depends on your fandom on, on what happened. Cause Colorado fans, uh, well, I haven't interacted with much because 
Are there any Colorado fans? There are. No, they just I'm they're just, just not kidding. as kidding. They're not as vocal, obviously. They're not us. <laughs> no one is us, John no. Jansen. No <laughs> one is us, the, the Philadelphia fan base. Um so that happens, yada yada, yada you know, uh, Damian Lowe and Jack Elliott immediately jumped to Blake's defense. Um then Galvan and Jesus Bueno get sent off. Uh, there was some alleged spitting that happened from Galvan, and oh, nice. and and he took down hey, Jacob Glesnus in in this melee. So this is what MLS decided. So Galvan and Bueno are were sent off and are automatically suspended for their next game, the Union being Wednesday against DC, and we'll get into why that affects the Union in a little bit. So from the disco. The Rapids and Union both violated the mass confrontation policy, 90 minutes of the match. Uh, it's a warning for the Union because it's their first violation of this policy. Colorado uh, got a fine organizationally and head coach Robin Frazier because it's the second time they've been ruled <laughs> <laughs> to have uh, violated this policy. So then Andre Blake, Damian Lowe from the Union. William Yarbrough, Brian Acosta, and Diego Rubio from the Rapids all got undisclosed fine for inciting or escalating and or escalating a mass confrontation. Um, Galvan also got a fine for uh, not leaving the field in a timely manner. Missing from all of that is Michael Barrios. What are we doing here, MLS? Like, if you watch that video, it's very clear, like, everything that you find the Union and the Rapids players for starts because of him. And nothing comes from it. Like, that's that's the frustrating part here is all of this is preventable. I mean, the, the final whistle literally blows after they do the VAR review for the Bueno red card. Like, there was no kicking of the ball after Blake goes down into the advertising board. Like that, that is the final moments of the game. And they reviewed it because the the whistle hadn't been blown yet, Um, which goes along with all the policies. And I have no problem with that, but what Bueno gets the red card for still not entirely sure. Um, So yeah, that that's the, the baffling part to me is if you're going to put all of these fines out there, and slap two union players, three Rapids players, but none of them be the guy who started the entire incident in the first place. There's something wrong with your process. Now, from a, a MLS league office perspective, this is the least concerning thing they have because uh, the Apple TV deal has been uh, going well. <laughs> yes, under going the well system in the last week. Um, which if we have time to get into like the, the broader things uh, with MLS, that that's a, a, a big issue. Um, so yeah, it's concerning that Barrios doesn't get anything here. His name's not mentioned in the disco release and it's not like it's a gray out. area play either. Like it's very clear. No. Dude, dude ran into him with intention to right. put and if you, like and if you think, if you think Barrios doesn't touch him, then why are you issuing these fines anyway? Like you just let it play out. And I don't know that, that, that is the, the initial action that leads to all of this happening. It's frustrating. 
because you want the you want the league to at least notice these things because look we're not going to see the Colorado Rapids unless it's MLS Cup and that's you know the probability of that happening is is highly unlikely but what if Michael Barrios goes out and does this in another game well this could have been prevented it, it, it just feels like you make the right call. You find Barrios, you find Blake, you find Lowe, you find Galvan, uh, and then anybody else who, while reviewing the video, did something significantly wrong, and then you move on. Like I would have no problem if Blake and Lowe got fined, and even Jack Elliott, if Barrios's name is there. It just feels like it just it all levels out, and we move on. But instead, there's one name missing, and that's why everybody is up in arms. And I get it. And this isn't the first time Union fans have, have felt slighted by the disciplinary committee. And it really does all go back to, I think that was what, 2018, 2019? Like the second game of the season um, might have been the third. is away at Sporting Kansas City. Marco Fabian goes up to try and get the ball, and his foot comes down on the chest of a Sporting Kansas City player. He gets ruled with a red card. Um, and then in really an unprecedented move in, in MLS, Ernst Tanner comes out with a statement through the union social media channels hmm. a week and a half later um, because that, that's how long it took the, the release to come out because they waited until before the union's next game because they had, they had off in between those games. Um, that was a, a big deal. And that's where all of this hatred for the disco um, stems from but i understand it it's just very simple just put him in, in the release slap him with a fine you move on it also prevents um further incidents from happening i can't say i've watched a ton of rapids games this year um but if what would be if, the reason just not to find him though like he obviously he's the reason why this all got started there's obviously a push like is like, I, I don't know is there like a letter of the law thing that says what he's doing is within the the reason of play or no, what? Because right. me, it's not like it's. I don't know. I just. I don't. I don't understand why there's such a hesitancy for the guy who started not to find him. Like very clearly, they just find everybody here. You know, like oh, you find, you find, uh, you breathed on somebody incorrectly during the scuffle. You find, mm-hmm. and then it's just the guy that started. They're like, I don't know. We got to look into that one more. Like, there's why? Why even hesitate when you're just handing him out? Like, right. crazy. and that's that's the part I'm kind of confused on too. I mean, it, look, MLS um, when it comes to these types of situations hasn't been. Um, hasn't hesitated to find a lot of people in the past. So like, I, I don't know. That's that's the frustrating part. Yeah, it's extremely frustrating uh, because right. there's just no rhyme or reason. Like, obviously, I get Blake and Lowe. Um, they're the ones who retaliated. I right. don't blame them for retaliating. I'm not saying that. But like, you can understand, yeah, they definitely retaliated and, and in a way that you should get fined. And they obviously escalated things maybe in a way. But yeah, it's just that's that's interesting. Yeah, and since that's fresh on our minds, and that was uh, the the most recent thing that came out. Yeah, look, it, it's it's frustrating. That's all it is. And you want this league to to flourish and, and have a lot of success and all that you know, all that PR jargon and jazz that we we pump up before every every season. But like to kind of get into this this MLS situation before we get into the union. I mean, woof is all I have to say. Like 
giving out a free trial for a month and try and branding it with like a personal message from a player from each team. It's not great. And look, and we've, it, it seems like this week has been the bash the Apple TV week because yeah, the, athletic, the, sure. the athletics said something in it. Um, Pro Soccer Wire had um, a piece, which I wish they would have quoted more than just Vancouver Whitecaps players because to me, yeah, I know they had like an MLS executive quoted there, but like, I think it's a little extreme because players that play for the Vancouver Whitecaps are in a completely different situation than people that, that play in the Northeast because Vancouver's got more travel. Um, all of this is involved on top of what people in the Eastern Conference are going through. Like, I could care less what, you know, no offense, but I, I could care less what Julian Gressel's going through because. I don't see Julian Gressel or any of the Whitecaps on my TV screen for the most part. Like I see the Eastern Conference, I see you know the, the travel is more manageable than it is in the Western Conference. I want to know does this hurt anybody in the Eastern Conference too? Not just one specific team and and slap a quote from an MLS executive in there. Like I, I wish there was a little more bulkiness to that because I do want to hear what what the situation is, not just in Philadelphia, but uh, across the league, because it does seem to these issues are are piling up with the seven thirty kickoff time. I mean, heck, the look at look at Sunday for example. Now I get it; the Sixers and Celtics had our attention, but you're telling me you can't stick a, an MLS game at like one or six on one of the big networks. Um, it just feels like this whole thing is very poorly planned out from a, a scheduling perspective. Like, it was plan. It was poorly planned out from the beginning. Like this, it's not surprising that they just don't have this to down to a science yet. Like I, I know it's hard to for a league launching like this new streaming thing. Mm-hmm. But there's and look, Major League Baseball has been dealing with these issues over and over again. But baseball still easy to find its games. Uh, here's this, here's this the thing. Just, this feels like, I mean, from the beginning, just feels mm-hmm. like it's it, they never really knew exactly what to do with this and how to. Do here, here, here's the thing: MLB has got a lot of relevancy issues. It has for sure. a long time, right? Absolutely. But, and I'm saying that as a guy that loves baseball. But yes, one hundred percent. And look, I, I have ML, MLB TV, and I watch the Braves almost every night if I can during baseball season because. They are at a market. MLB TV is is a, a very good product that's been around for forever. Um, but I'm okay if one game goes to Peacock or one game goes to Apple TV because I have the option to just not watch it, but then I can watch, you know, 13 other games uh, in baseball. But it's been like that forever. With soccer, there's no relevancy, like. Part of the issue here, and this is why we have these really stupid debates about MLS Wrexham. Yeah, is, I know. I've been saying that. <laughs> it's like I'm not well versed enough in like international <clears throat> soccer to even. Well, here, here here's like people have done this for a long time with U.S. soccer, and Wrexham is a more unique case because it's got celebrity owners, and really the only reason why we pay attention to Wrexham is because Ryan Reynolds is there, Rob McElhenney is there, and um, 
they have a, a TV show. And they're like it, but... there, right? They're out front, yeah, right? Like in the spotlight, there, right? Um, the only reason I gave a damn about Sunderland when they dropped from the Premier League and paid attention to them for about a, a few weeks was because Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix was phenomenal. Like, I, I don't care about the championship. I don't care about any other lower divisions in England. Even with Americans playing there, it, it's I, I don't have the brain capacity to, like, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it when it's closer this time of year when I see, oh, who's going to get promoted and is it somebody new like Luton Town who, who just uh, beat Sunderland today to get to the, the promotion final? Like, is it something interesting or in the broader American soccer scape right now is, well, do Brendan Aronson, Weston McKinney, and Tyler Adams maybe have a place on those teams if Leeds get relegated, which it's starting to look like it. That's a, you know, very, very real possibility. So, you know, where would they fit on Burnley? No, but would they fit with Sheffield United or whoever wins the, the promotion playoffs? I think it's Middlesbrough and Coventry are left in that semifinal and the winner plays Luton to get up. Would, would an American fit there? Like that, that to me is, is interesting because first and foremost, Brendan Aronson has a connection to the union and we've seen him grow up and we want the best for him. I still think regardless of what happens, it leads, he should jump ship and go to the Bundesliga. And that's another topic for another day. But I feel like that second tier Bundesliga team, similar to what his brother's doing at Eintracht Frankfurt would be awesome for him because that's a game. That's a, a league where um, there's no defense in the Bundesliga, but let's just be honest with ourselves. <laughs> there, there's no defense in Germany um, and he can flourish in that, in a type of environment, say, um, say it like a Freiburg or an Eintracht or one of those teams that is, fighting for European places or in a European competition. I think he would do very well there. Um, it's it's very apparent that the jump from Salzburg to Leeds might have been a, a little bit too big too fast. And if Jesse's not there when the move happens, it, maybe the, the natural progression goes up. And I'd also love to see Mark McKenzie in the Bundesliga next year. But um, we'll, we'll see where he, he lands too because he's he's been really playing really uh, strong soccer in Belgium. Um, but to kind of tie this all back and, and take me away from this tangent is I don't care about the, the lower divisions uh, of soccer in England or anywhere else. If something insane happens that goes viral, then yes, I, I will pay attention to it and look at it on Twitter or maybe peek at the league standings every once in a while, but that's mostly with the championship because there's, there's been a run of Americans in there or, you know, I watched the premier league. I'm, I'm, I'm in, involved in watching the relegation race um so i want to see who comes up and that's about it to, to try yeah. and com- to try and compare i can't say Rexham, i've ever yeah. wanted to watch a Rexham match I, i'll be right. honest i don't i truly and honestly could not care less well like everyone tries to associate or not associate compare these things to mls and it, it just misses the mark like it's just people who hate American soccer. Like, they're just always going to hate it. We talked about this before. They they, they hate hate MLS. Yeah, hate MLS in particular. Yes. that They just don't like it and hate it. And at any chance, they're going to take, you know, oh, well, look at Wrexham. See, MLS can't do this. It's like, all right, well, then, like, if you want soccer to grow in MLS, watch it. 
know? And the, the, the perfect, perfect example of that is what we're going to face this summer with this summer tour that the Premier League teams are on. They're playing a game at the link the same night as League's Cup down in Chester, which MLS put a lot into. I guarantee you, if, if you were to walk the, the streets of Philadelphia that weekend and you'd say, hey, which soccer game are you going to? You'd be like, oh, the only soccer game in, in town is in is the Premier League game. That's fine. I have no problem with like, if the, if you don't prefer MLS, you don't rate MLS, fine. But when we're doing these, these stupid And I'm even fine if you're a huge Union fan if you go. It's not often right. that you get to go to those things. Right, but... Go. And and the league, who knows what the league's cup is going to be? There's there's absolutely nothing behind it yet to say. Oh, this is going to be a serious competition or an un unserious competition. Where who knows what will happen? We we just don't know what it's going to be and, and the interest level in it. But it is cool they're trying something new, even though it adds a bunch more games to schedule and takes out a, a chunk of the summer and makes the the MLS season longer. But that's you know. Neither here nor there at this point. We're focused on this topic. But um, yeah, it just, you can like Wrexham and the story and think it's really cool what they're doing without having to compare it to anything else in American soccer. You're allowed to do that. Believe it or not, you're allowed to do that. And you can have your own opinions on MLS and whether it's a crappy product or not without comparing it to anywhere else in the world you know what's funny about that is like the like you drum up all of this hype for Wrexham and I don't think anybody gives an absolute bleep about any other team in that league right it's just Wrexham it's this couldn't I couldn't name another team in that league no don't even ask me to please don't ask me to it's the fifth tier in England I couldn't even name you yes exactly the, the only the only teams I can name that are beneath the Premier League are either ones that have been in the Premier League or ones that Americans have played at. Exactly. Like, that's and so, all that's like basically all what you. your your marketing is just the TV show has led to interest for the team. And look, they got absolutely bleeping lucky that this is around the same time as Ted Lasso. Uh right. because I think it's getting a lot of the residuals from that. Uh so I, I I think it's just like right place, right time. But it's not like they're doing anything for what the the fifth league in European soccer. Like it's not like that. That's growing. So you're only growing one specific team because of these one specific set of circumstances. What in that can you apply to MLS here? Like it's it's not. There's nothing to apply. There's nothing well, the same about any of this to me. Well, unless you want to unless if, you want a lesson in like marketing, sure. Right. But that's that's it. It's not like I you know. This is well. This is how you build a league. It's like no, it's not. It's just mm-hmm. you guys love Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, and they have a team and they have this cool TV show along with it. And you're a Ted Lasso fan, so heck, this is sort of real life Ted Lasso. Sure, let me watch it. Or if you're the Athletic, you just compared Wrexham to every MLS team. It's re- that's ridiculous. Which, which is which was honestly like the dumbest farce of an uh, of yes. an article. Like I get it. You have to try and cash in on the on the, the top, the buzzworthy stories in soccer. I get it. I mean, there I is it. there are ways to tie but that like, in, but I don't think doing it in that sense. Like, right. doing it in the sense like, of like, well, here's why Wrexham's doing it better. Like, Pablo went to one of the, the pubs in Philly that to, to watch a Wrexham game where, like, they, they've become... That's a cool angle. Like... I love that. Agree with it or not, 
about the coverage given to Wrexham in in by MLS writers. It's a big story. That, it should be covered. Yeah. That's that's a cool angle. But to then try and and maximize your, your profit off of Wrexham and say, oh, here's how they would do an MLS and try and try and literally use like every like 538 and all these like world rankings, like it's pretty damn clear. They're a fifth division team in in England. They get mopped up here. <laughs> like yeah. That's th- th- just the, the level of of talent. So I, it's very to, to go back to our original point with I guess we were talking about what MLS and Apple TV. Yes. I'm sure we'll get I'm sure we'll talk about the actual union on the union side. I know, I was just about to say point. we haven't talked about the union <laughs> the union soccer podcast yet. We'll get there. This might this is gonna be a longer episode than usual, which is fine. Um it's just me procrastinating John from playing Zelda for a few more I hours. <laughs> I know. I need to save the kingdom. All right. I need to save Hyrule. <laughs> but to, to, you know, get back to this whole like MLS relevancy thing, like, okay, the diehards, and we knew this from the start, the diehards are going to watch MLS, right? Um, we're still going to cover MLS the way we, we've covered MLS. But what you're doing is now you're, keeping fans on the outside that okay maybe they would flip on phl 17 and say all right i'll I'll watch this game um they can't do that anymore and even if you say oh here's a a free sample uh, or a free month you still gotta you know sign everything up through apple and and once the month is over then you you, they're charging you and people don't want to do that um so yeah, I don't know if MLS is way short on their uh, on their target goal. I don't know what triggered the hey, let's do a free trial in the middle of May. Maybe because it's rivalry week, where they're branding it as that. Um, that it was just something they were going to do. But I also find say- the timing of it as NHL and uh, playoffs and NBA playoffs are dwindling down. I also think right. that timing to also work. But it also, to the people within the MLS bubble, it sends off some alarm bells, right? Because we know it hasn't been ideal. The whip around show hasn't been great, um, at least in the parts that I've watched. It's very difficult to watch any other MLS game in full unless you're home on a Saturday night and your team plays at 730. And then you're watching a Western Conference game at 1030. Um, at least I find it for me, it's very hard to, to rewatch games when you can just watch the condensed highlights. So, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying put a game Friday night at 11 o'clock on the West coast. Like we used to have, I get that was for all the, you know, the, the sickos like me that watched it, but <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. A, a Sunday game would be nice. Um, maybe two Sunday games. Basically. Or- I think your, your, your point is stretch it out a little bit more. Right. Give us a give us a little bit of, of something and don't make your marquee match. Say like the the Hudson River Derby is your marquee match the weekend. Don't make it 730. Make it four. Make it one, whatever. Like I'm not I'm not watching Chicago and St. Louis. There's nothing like there for me. But when you put El Trafico or uh the Hudson River Derby, you put something fascinating in front of me with MLS, I'll watch it. But the problem we get into then is, well, Atlanta's on national TV 10 times and uh, 
LAFC is on national TV and it becomes fatigue of that. And you're running into a ton of issues with who is actually playing those games or it's, it's the Sounders for the 15th time this season. So there's a lot of things that need work. Um, I don't know if I'm willing to give. Yeah, you got to spend. Like, I, I think what you you have to do, and I like the idea of spacing out. I don't think these games are spaced out enough. Like, so the NFL has the best single day game experience in the world because you have look at a number of one o'clock games, but then I also have more I can watch at four thirty than more I can watch at night. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's spaced out to the point where I want to watch the Eagles at one o'clock. And once I'm done watching them, there is still something else more for me to watch afterwards. It's basically right. like by the time the union are done, the rest of the league is done. And I have maybe at eight thirty and nine thirty game like about to wrap up. And then here comes the ten thirty that I'm about to watch. It's just not I don't know. I feel like this could be an all day affair almost. And you can mm-hmm. and you're right, space it out even to, to other days. But yeah, I just feel like it's all all just a shotgun blast at one time. And if you're your whiplash show and your essentially red zone uh, show isn't good enough, then the entire point of having all of these play out at once is ridiculous. And I, I mentioned this, I think, uh, I think on this podcast or, or somewhere else where I, on, on Saturday mornings, I watched the premier league goal rush show on uh, Peacock and it has one primary game. And then whenever there's a goal, they flip to the highlight. I don't know if that's your answer, but you got to find somewhere in between that and what they're they're doing with the whip around. There's got to be, it can't be like, and this is the one time I watched it a few weeks ago. It can't be just Sasha and BWP doing like podcast topics. Like there's got to be no. some, there's got to be some excitement. Like I want, I want Scott Hansen. Give me a Scott Hansen of soccer and put them, you know, get excited. Like maybe you think it's overkill when you watch NFL red zone. But I tell you what, Scott Hansen gets me excited for what's NFL coming. NFL Red Zone is the single best viewing experience in all sports. It's <laughs> right. the best. So you're not gonna you're not gonna completely replicate NFL Red Zone. You're not gonna com- you know completely do what Premier League Goal Rush does. But find your own niche, your your personalities, your excitement. Have fun with it. And it just feels like everything we just talked about with Apple. It just felt like a shotgun wedding between MLS and Apple because. Apple wants to get into the the sports, but the sports, the sports, <laughs> but nobody wants to go fully in. You know, MLBs dip their toe in the water. NFL has Amazon, but that's the NFL. Like the the Pac twelve doesn't know where their games are going to be because they've become irrelevant. Um, but they may not want to go to Apple because they may become even more irrelevant. Um, And MLS just, they look at TV ratings and say, no one's watching this. So let's dive into Apple and, and have a a company that's going to make a commitment, which they have, but there's so many, there's so many loose ends still have to be tied. And we're two months into the season and Hey, we almost saw this coming and rant. All right, Joe, you want to talk about the union? I think we should on the Union Soccer Podcast. Yeah, uh, they won. <laughs> they they got three points on the road. Um, I know, like things haven't been great, and you know what? Even that first half wasn't great. I'll be completely mm-hmm. honest with you, but it's still three points on the road, and it's a improvement over what we've seen lately. And a Colorado team that actually was playing somewhat well. So it's not like they just beat a nobody. They fought a tough game on the road, come away with three points, and Kai Wagner has the best left foot I've ever seen in all of soccer. 
<laughs> Kai Wagner is on what the hell? fire. We found our third striker, Joe. <laughs> and his name is Kai Wagner, right? Like these aren't even like easy shots. It's not like he's getting a chip shot. No. Like this really lucky set piece that goes in because usually by the, if he's on a corner, he's the one doing it. Um, these are like absolute blast the one was finesse the one where he spiked it into the ground uh mm -hmm. and against orlando like that was amazing and or against minnesota excuse me and like then here against colorado he just blasts one in the back of the net uh dude that's insane right and it's it's so weird to be talking about a three-game winning streak when in between those games there's been a loss to minnesota in the open cup and a loss to lafc in champions league but that's what they're on you know jim Curtin. I mean, this point's been hammered home about 15 bajillion times now. But, you know, he wants to get 10-plus points out of the five games stretch that started with Toronto in league play, uh, and they've gotten nine. And all of a sudden, they're back in the mix in the Eastern Conference and can do even more damage against DC United at home. And what it's, at home they're setting too. themselves up for a run here. Like, the same right. thing that happened last, like, so, mm -hmm. it, they're setting themselves up here. Right, and, and also, this, this three-game winning run, speaks to patience. I know that's a word we do not have in our vocabulary as sports fans of any team. We want things to be fixed in the moment right now. And if it doesn't, things are wrong. People need to be fired off with their heads, all that stuff. I get it because look, I do it with the Eagles uh, a lot, but when you have a season like MLS where it literally is forever Sometimes you do have to have that patience, like it or not. Um, and this is why. Because a three-game winning streak all of a sudden in, in league play moves you up to, I think, what, the fifth in the table? And you can do even more damage against Eastern Conference opponents to end the month. And by June 1st, you could be in the position you, you've expected yourself to be in. And oh, by the way, you know, Curtin admitted this after um, Saturday's game when talking about using the 3-5-2 there aren't really any good team or great teams. There may not even be any, a lot of good teams in MLS right now. Um, New England and Cincinnati in the East and LAFC in the West. That's what you got. And that's okay for May 16th because the way the MLS season works is you need patience to find these elite teams. I mean, heck we, we buried sporting Kansas city. Um, like there were, a team that was going to have what, like five points all season, and then they go and beat Seattle. Like this, this league is so just unpredictable. And for the Union to be in the spot that they've been consistently speaks to how they've been able to avoid some of this chaos. I mean, they're seven points out of first place with New England coming into their place on Saturday. I mean, we could be talking about a team in third place at the end of Saturday night within one result of, of second place. Maybe one result of first place, depending on what Cincinnati does this week. It really is incredible how things can swing so fast in this league. Yeah, and it's swinging in the right direction, for sure. But you also mentioned it, Joe, there. And uh, when it first came out, it was like, ooh, something new, something something interesting Jim Curtin's doing. Because usually we're just used to seeing the uh, the usual formations. We're like, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. I guess you plug this guy in here and there. And then, boom, three in the back. And everybody went, whoa, there's like a whiplash. Everybody just went, what the hell is that? 
And uh, it worked and it ended up being interesting, but also very functional. And one of the things I like to in Baizo a little bit forward, and we did see Baizo end up in a, a goal or at least a part of a goal that Carranza had. Uh, I thought it functioned very well, Joe. And I, I kind of like the change in formation and uh, using the three, uh, three, five, two. Uh, it was, it was interesting. It was obviously you could tell like they're not really changing much. It's just really adding that nice little center back there. Um, and the back of the three line, but it certainly ended up being good. And I've thought again, pretty functional, right? It's what we've wanted to see for a while now with these, these three center backs. And it hasn't been able to happen because uh, Damian Lowe has been dealing with, you know, just some nagging little injuries that um, prevented him from being at a hundred percent to, to start. Um, they threw it out against Cincinnati and it, it did work. Um, but this was the first time we saw the three man back line. Uh, with Jacob Lessons, Jack Elliott, and Damian Lowe. And it worked. It did. Um, it's still, it's basically, at least with the way it functioned on Saturday, the diamond, but with three center backs. Because the three central midfielders are still using their exact you know, offensive and defensive uh, qualities from the 4-4-2 diamond. They're just applying it to uh, with a diff- with another center back on the field. And Jim Curtin even admitted Daniel Gauzak was dropping back into to his position as a 10 as part of the diamond in some instances. Um, and they were still very um, – they were right-sided oriented on in the attack too. Look, Kai Wagner scored the goal, but that goal comes from the right. It's, it, it's – to do the anatomy of a goal real quick, Alejandro Bedoya skates through – defenders gets it to Carranza and then Carranza passes the ball to, to Wagner who, who lashes into the net. Like, yes, it came, the goal came from the left back, but it starts with a move on the right. And and you saw that throughout the night. And then it ends up being um, shown in the second goal as well with Baizo. So um, the only real blemish of the back line was the penalty, which, is a 50-50 one. And I made this point in the takeaways piece on Saturday night. Jim Curtin talks about penalty luck and all this kind of stuff happening throughout the course of a 34-game season. Well, it all just kind of leveled out within two week games because you had the, the soft penalty that Carranza earned against Red Bulls, and now you have the soft penalty that Damian Lowe concedes, which you can't just go in that way. I know a lot of people thought that Rubio initiated contact, and I, I did see that from the the angle. But yeah, I'm if, all right with the call, to be honest. Right. And Jim Curtin was too. He really didn't have any um, qualms with it. But the to me, that instantly popped in my mind. Maybe this is just listening to Jim Curtin talk on um, twice a week basis for pretty much all season. Um, that the luck does even itself out. And it did in that situation because Carranza and then Lowe back to back call it a wash and, and we move on. Um, the most important part is the union were able to respond. And I think the the Wagner goal just, just woke everybody up. It was huge right before halftime. You get it in, you get an equalizer, uh, you get a second one early in the second half. Um, and you hold on for winning. Colorado didn't really look that threatening. Um, the, the goal was to take away the middle of the field. And they did that. Um, I thought Jack Elliott had one of his better games of the season. And that's what you want to see with Lowe and Glasnes around. Like you want that that line to be solidified. Baizo 
was still Biza. Uh, you saw the good, you saw the bad. Um, there was a, an instance in the second half, I think early on or midway, where he he got too far forward, um, lost possession, and luckily Damian Lowe clears it out, and that ends up not being a, a talking point. But uh, he had a, a decent game. They were still very right-sided, especially in the first half with, with the attack. I'd, I'd like to see a little more balance. Um, they got to that point eventually, but um, I still want to see a little more balance from the start and not just immediately go into the, the right side of tendencies. So, yes, defensively, it's new, it's exciting, and it got the job done on the road. And I think we'll see that many more times uh, on the road throughout the season. But where the evolution now comes with that is can you break the 4-4-2 principles for the midfielders and the forwards and add new wrinkles to it? Because that's where uh, this, this tactical evolution of Jim Curtin will happen this season. It's one thing to put three defenders out there and play for a point or play for a win on the road. You can do that. But I, I want to see a little more creativity with the midfield, with the forwards, how can you do that with Jose Martinez and Michael Ua on the field, who, by the way, are both officially listed as questionable tomorrow? Jim Curtin said they will play in some capacity, not revealing if they're going to start or not, which is big because Jesus Bueno is suspended. Um, and, and Jack McGlynn's off the U20, so they need Martinez. I would assume he starts if, if he's ready to go because of that. So um, does it function with Martinez and a few more attacking midfielders in front of him. Does it function with dual tens? Can you do that? Like, I want to see how they can, can play off this base of a, a three man back line because we know those three guys can defend, but when you're playing an, a, a, a different type of opponent where they do have a, a more creative 10, does, can you put Jose in there to, completely erase the middle of the field and then put a bunch of attackers around them. And then maybe 60th minute flock comes on, uh, Bueno comes on and you have, you, you close up shop basically. So I'm in, I'm, I'm very interested to see how that now evolves because we've seen it once. I know we're going to see it multiple times, but how it turns into something that the union can go to and then, throw different wrinkles in game by game would be really nice to see, not just the um, three, five, two with the standard guys. And it looks like a four, four, two and they're, and they're playing the same way because eventually if you do that too many times, teams are going to see that on film and they're going to punish you the same way they, they would if you, if you were in a four, four, two diamond because of how the, the midfielders attack uh, and the right side is heavy and how the, the forwards get involved with the game. So Yeah, I, I think one thing that certainly was notable to me was your left and right back obviously pushed a little bit more forward um, and how directly involved they were offensively uh, because obviously when you just have that four in the back line, you know, very defensive heavy and I, I would assume defensive minded, uh, they were able to push forward a little bit and obviously we get Wagner with that goal. But again, using Baizo's speed because I always feel like, man, he's one of the fastest players I see in the field. And all of a sudden, he comes just flying down the right side of the field for McGlynn, 
And all of a sudden Carranza has a goal because of that. Like, I, I just felt like it was, it was interesting to see those two involved more offensively. Obviously they are to a point. Um, Cause Wagner obviously scored a couple of goals in the open cup game before that, but uh, certainly to see them involved more felt like it, it actually worked in a way. And I, I thought that was uh, certainly notable. How they oh, for sure. I, I just, to me, when they, when they started out and there was a lot going through the, the right side, I was like, okay, like what are we too much? <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, can we can we add more wrinkles to it? And they they did, and and they will once they feel more comfortable in it. But, um, but yeah, the, the Wagner goal still comes from the right side, so it's like, yep. yes, everything everything is there for variations to be put in when you have the full squad. What time? At what point you have the full squad and use it? Who knows? But that's that's kind of what I I see moving forward with this. All right, Joe, speaking of moving forward, there is a game tomorrow, Wednesday action. It feels like Wednesday action. It's been a while, Joe. I'm not going to lie. Well, at least like MLS. Uh, uh, well, it's because we, we've had a few Tuesday games. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like Tuesday games. Tuesday games don't do it for me. So we got a nice Wednesday game. Uh, what do we got here for uh, tomorrow, Joe? What are we looking at? Yeah, Especially with, with injuries and stuff and obviously what you just mentioned with Breno. Right, so let's start from the union perspective. You're going to have um, Jesus Bueno is suspended. Jack McGlynn is now off at the U20s, along with Quinn Sullivan and Brandon Craig. Uh, like I just mentioned earlier, Ua and Martinez are listed as questionable. Jim Curtin said today that they are going to play in some capacity. So, and, and by the way, Damian Lowe also dealing with a, a personal matter in Jamaica. Curtin expects him to be back tomorrow. Um, but Jim did note that, so that that leads me to believe we're getting, we're getting Glesnus and Elliott um, at center back to start. And as Jim mentioned, you know, family comes first regardless. And we obviously agree with that and hope whatever's going on um, ends up uh, working out. So you're getting Kai on the left. You're getting, I mean, you can choose your right back at, at home. I think that's not a huge issue, whether it's Ariel or Baizo. So then it comes down to can Jose Martinez start? Because if he can, it, it all fills out from there. Flock plays the left, Bedoya plays the right, Gazdag, Ua, Carranza. Um, if not, then you have to funnel through, you know, in Andres Perea, Joaquin Torres. Like, how, how do these guys fit? So I think that's, I, I think that's how this is going to do. And you also have New England on Saturday that you have to keep an, an eye out for. But if if Ua and Martinez are fit enough to start, I think we see them. All right, and DC United, the opponent coming in on Wednesday. Uh, last few games, not great. Draw, loss, loss. Uh, obviously, they've been doing okay this season. Fine. They don't suck. They don't suck. I think that's the best way to put it, Joe. Thank you for that. Um, DC, they don't suck, I think is the great way. So a team that doesn't suck, though, coming into uh, Subaru Park, usually do end up sucking. Uh, this This feels like the union again. You know, they, they are fifth now on the table. They right. get another win here. I mean, this feels like, you know, the union really are stringing together wins, and this this could be a part of that. Well, D.C. United, it, it is to be noted, they have a, a lot of of injuries. I'm trying to pull up the entire list. Um, but they are dealing with a, a handful of, of injuries coming into tomorrow's game. So um, that could end up hurting them. Um, Taxi Fountas is on the injury list. Uh, Steve Birnbaum, uh, who on, you know, there's by my count eight 
from the, the tweet I'm reading right now. Um, so that significantly hurts them if a guy like Fountas can't go. He's one of, obviously a guy we know is one of their top attackers. Um, Christian Benteke is going to be an interesting matchup for Glesnes. I'm fascinated to see how that goes because usually when these these number nines that come into the to Subaru Park uh, and we talk about you know, what their pedigree is, they usually get handled by Glesnes and Elliott. So how that physical battle uh, is going to go is going to be fascinating to watch. This is kind of be like how a few weeks ago we watched Jose Martinez try and deal with, with Bernadeschi, um, which he did with flying colors. So I think that's the matchup to watch defensively. Um, look, this is a home game. You should win it um, in, in the form they're in. Uh, they should. And I wouldn't be surprised if Julian Carranza is a little ticked off. Ooh, why is that? Ooh. Well, I mean, he had the miss that was wide, you know, wide open um, in the first half. He did score in the second half, but it, it feels like, and maybe this is kind of just how he how he deals with things as a striker, and strikers can be very temperamental. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a, kind of a, a ticked off Julian Carranza tomorrow um, to try and score a few more goals. Uh, he's been playing well, but I think there's a part of the fan base and the coaching staff that realizes he can do a little more. Um, he can put a, a few more goals in the back of the net. And if, if Ua is only playing off the bench or playing 60, whatever it may be, Carranza has got to be the guy tomorrow. Um, and again, this, you know, the Martinez and Ua being healthy kind of has that trickle down effect on, on what the lineup's going to look like. If Martinez starts, uh, you can play flock on the, the left because you don't have Bueno or McGlynn. Um, this would have been a perfect game to start Bueno on the left, but unfortunately um, we're not going to get that because of the, the melee uh, we got. Uh, maybe we see him against New England. I'd be fat. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Bueno can do in front of Jose and what he can bring that maybe Leon flock doesn't. Um, and I don't know. And I, I don't know if Jesus Bueno can bring the offensive side um, of the left side of the diamond that, that Jack McGlynn can, or even half of that. But they're going to have to find a way to replace that while Jack McGlynn's off the U20 World Cup. So that's a big, big opportunity. Maybe Andres Perea even gets his shot because we know he can create moving forward uh, from the deeper position. Um, so those are things I'm, I'm watching tomorrow. I think the, the, the next few weeks, the, the left-sided midfield position is going to be just so fascinating to, to take stock of because McGlynn McGlynn's having a fantastic season. Jim Curtin said he was excellent against Colorado. Um, he's taken the starting spot and, and run with it, um, but he's gone for a few weeks and there's a bunch of games packed in here and we want to see Perea. I want to see more of, of Bueno. I know a lot of people have been talking about Perea and Torres. I want to see more of Bueno. Um, and what he can bring. And if Martinez is back and healthy and playing in the sixth role, well, the, the starting spot that comes under pressure is the eight on the left side. Um, I'm fascinated to see what that may bring. Um, obviously not tomorrow, but Saturday and maybe against NYC or, or Charlotte as well. So um, that, that's kind of where I stand with the match. I'm from a, from a matchup perspective, 
I think they should win. DC's a little banged up. They're not going to win six, seven, nothing. I was just but... going to ask Joe, is this like, is this a return to form for the uni? Is this the first one of the season where they look like uh, the dominant Eastern team from last year? What if I told you they've already returned to form in league play? Though? Whoa. Okay. All right. All right. That would be a bold claim. But like, like think about it. They, they, they beat Toronto thoroughly and the two goals they concede in the second half is because they, they, were focused on LAFC. They, they had to win the bag to take those two goals out of it. They get a clean sheet on the road at Red Bull, and then they, they beat Colorado, who's only one of, what, like three significant chances was a, a penalty kick. Andre Blake saved the, a few others, and he had the big save early on that shot from close range, but that's he had one or two saves, and that's about it. So defensively, I think they're, they're in form in league play what we quantify as the union being back in form six is open for interpretation, right? I want to see a six, nothing. You want to see it. A lot of people want to see it, but I know, I I know. I don't know if we'll see it. It's just, that was look. yeah, who knows that doesn't happen often by the way. Cause I remember every single time after one of those games, well, union are making history here. So they don't make history every single game and every single season. Mm-hmm. But you know, I look as long as there. This is a thorough ninety-minute, like good victory. Obviously, you don't need six, seven, nothing. But this isn't the one where I'm talking about the Red Bulls. Just you know, get by with three points, uh, mm-hmm. even against Colorado. You know, they they stole three points there, which is great. This is you know, look good. You're at home. Not many home games lately as well. So you're at home, uh, right. and you have a chance here to get three points against a team that's injured uh, and down a little bit. Uh, look, I, I just want a, a thorough, good, I hate to say beat down, but just they, they need a solid 90 minutes because I don't know if we've essentially gotten that yet. I would like a solid 90. So you and I had this discussion before the Red Bull game. What is what is an acceptable result? Um, Man, I would love a clean sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Just to see the defense look the way it is. But I don't know, 2 nothing. I'd be fine with that. I'm not even down the result now. Obviously, they need to win, but like I, I think right. it comes down to how they look. If it's two nothing, but they have all the opportunities in the world, and it looks like they are getting smoother on attack, then yeah, then I'd be fine with that. You know, if they, if a few don't go in, but yeah, I just I just want to finally see we we we're seeing them get back on track and they piling together wins now. Put together the convincing win. Put together the oh yeah, this this is the union. You know, this is the the Eastern Conference team that's won. Uh, that's gotten the top and gotten supporter shields, you know, got the top mm-hmm. seed last year. I want to see that team. I want to see that team against New England. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I want them to, I hope they continue the winning ways because uh, it kind of reasserts their dominance in the East. But I would much rather see them put that, that pummeling on New England, not because I, I don't like New England, but because that's the result that a lot of people will pay attention to more. Oh, for sure. That one would be the, Oh, Oh yeah. Union are back. Yep. You know, Union because, are, all right. and, and it's one that I think Jim Curtin specifically would relish in more because he's already mentioned, and this is something he's brought up at least in three or four press conferences leading up to this, this busy stretch that New England doesn't play a game midweek. And he's he's kind of ticked off about that, that New England's got the the rest and 
they come into to Chester fresh on on Saturday. Meanwhile, the Union have been playing have soccer been, every day, been, <laughs> right? Um, which I guess New England's just it's their to the natural point where you can't week. even keep up with the games on this podcast, right? <laughs> and I will I will say this: it's and, been as they say, fast and furious, Joe. Right? I will say though, it was the the Shout perfect out to time fast 10 to coming out this weekend. <laughs> I will say it was a, a a nice time to take like a a, a small break. In between yeah. the the Open Cup loss and the um, Colorado win, like I feel like there are points throughout the season. I was talking about this with my wife too. Is like sometimes you just need to step back and breathe from this long season. Not recording or not writing anything union wise for those three days is kind of therapeutic because then you can be like, okay, I, I don't need to pressure myself into writing something that isn't there. We're just going to be talking about the same talking points we had from LAFC team can't win in knockout games, all that. We all know that you guys don't want to hear that. You've heard it two weeks in a row. And the last thing we want to be <laughs> is like, Hey, let's make you more depressed after you got over the open cup loss the night before. Like at some point there's, there's like union fatigue that sets in. Right. So I feel like last week was a nice little refresh. And, and honestly, the, I think putting the the three at the back now, this is just a tactical plan for Jim Curtin to use and, and nothing more. But I think for the fan base, it was just so refreshing to see something new that these words that Jim Curtin has been saying is finally translates into something on the pitch. I think that was just a nice little like shot in the arm. 9.30 game, Saturday night, and I wouldn't blame anyone if they said, you know what, screw this. The, the union just broke my heart twice in two weeks in knockout competitions. I don't care about the Colorado Rapids. Why the hell would I watch this game? And then boom, they suck you back in with the, the three man back line. And you're like, okay, we can, <laughs> we can, we can move on from this. And it ended up being like a, a good match to watch. They win. You get your little drama at the end that you can fight with people on Twitter. Yeah, it was about. fun. It was a lot of fun. It ends, it ends up being fun, but like, Wagner again putting I mean just putting a <laughs> hole in the back of the net. But like those those three those three days are like, okay, we don't need to to force the union on you because we still got it what six more months of this? Yep. Plenty. Plenty. So we and, so we gave you so we gave you an hour long podcast instead with a lot of rants that have, have clearly been I've, building I've, up in my in my mind. And there haven't been many opportunities lately, but uh, you know there is a game tomorrow at Subaru Park, and I haven't been to a game yet, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how I'm feeling. You know, maybe maybe a John Jansen sighting over at Subaru Park. Who knows? Um. All right, Joe, are you going to be there? I imagine you'll be there. Yes, I I will be. Hopefully, uh, even happier if Real Madrid wins in the Champions League. Ooh, that'd be nice. You and I talked. Um, you and I talked about this, but I have, I have an Inter Milan futures ticket in the Champions League and and Real Madrid as well. And I'd feel much more. Obviously, I'd feel much better if both teams are in the final, um, instead of Inter trying to counterattack against Manchester City for ninety minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be in a really good mood <laughs> tomorrow night if if Madrid wins at the Etihad. I hope they do, Joe. Um, we're gonna end things there. 
that's it for the Union Soccer Podcast. A very lengthy one. We haven't had a long one like this in a while, and I think it was warranted. Uh, again, Union Soccer Blog. Check it out on the Union Soccer Blog Substack, unionsoccerblog.substack.com. You can follow Joe at jtanzy90. Check out the Union Soccer Pod wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get it, you can find us. My name is John Jansen. Follow me at jjansen34. Enjoy the Wednesday game. We'll be back with more and even a betting preview right here on the Union Soccer Podcast.